0: Making our computing lives a little easier—that's been the focus of OWC for years. That's short for Other World Computing. And joining us is founder and CEO Larry O'Connor. Great to see you again, Larry.
1: Hey, likewise. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, let's start out with a little background uh, because it's it's a fa- part of a fascinating story here. Because you got started with this at a very young age, quite some time ago. Tell me about it.
1: It's hard to believe it's already been 33 years, but you know, it's been certainly enjoyable. Looking forward to a lot more, uh, a lot more ahead. But you know, since day one, it's all been about getting the max from you know, the great technology, and in particular, the great Apple technology that we've got. Now, whether it be upgrading and servicing a, a system that you know, just needs a little TLC, or having great external solutions, external drives, you know, today Docs. I mean, and, and far, far beyond it can take you know the hardware that's sitting on your desk and, and help you go much further. I mean, that is what we do. And it's also about products that last, you know, not telling you that you need to replace everything you already have to, to switch to OWC, or providing solutions that are built in a way that you know they're just not going to give you the longevity. You know, these solutions are built with care, they're built and engineered, you know, looking at their longevity and ability to be there not just for a year or a couple of years, but for as many years as hopefully you should need them. And, you know, it, it's, I guess a different, a little bit different than some of the, some of the stuff that we, we come across out there. There's no reason for planned obsolescence. There's no reason for you know, products to have a short lifespan. I mean, these are solutions that, you know, really are, I look at you know what's on my desk today. You know, I have a Thunderbolt dock. I mean, I have actually two of our docks now because I needed some more ports, the way things have, have changed, but I mean, that's a doc I've been using now for about five years. And there's no reason why I won't be using that doc. Now, maybe there'll be a reason, but I don't currently foresee a reason why I won't be able to use that doc another you know five years from now. And, and that's the thing. you know, We don't build technology that locks you into something we have right now that you might need to change later or requires you to dump everything else you have just to start taking advantage of you know, a better way and a better solution for the go forward.
0: You've helped people with the, with the upgrades for a long time now, whether it's a new hard drive, memory, what, whatever is needed here. Not only helping them get the, get the replacement parts, but it, actually helping with the installs, too, in some ways, stepping you know, the people through.
1: Is, you know, it's, information is you know, empowerment, and we've been, you know, since day one, really just kind of pulling that curtain back saying, this is what you can do. This is how you do it. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to show you, here's a video, here's instructions. And we have people, you know, great, uh, how to say, you know, tech folks that are available to, if you have a question, have to talk you through it. And, you know, upgrades, internal is definitely where we got started. And you know, we went from internal memory and hard drives into actually even in the early 90s, really got big into external drives. Then we began doing processor upgrades, which you know, kind of put us into engineering saying, well, these are great systems and they can do more with a, a faster processor. And today you know, we still support the internals, although those are a bit more complex to say the least. Apple has reduced the uh, the opportunities for a, a customer to service and upgrade the machine internally. But what we can't do internally, you know, we've absolutely uh, you know, taken to an external level and also brought out great new software applications and built you know, software solutions that you know, help kind of tie it all together and keep that value going.
0: And the, the interesting thing here is that uh we've seen storage in computers seemingly uh, shrink at least at the low end. And it's very expensive to, to, to put uh, more storage in when, you, when you're when you buying it initially. So that's opened up uh, a lot of doors for you, I suppose, in terms of people needing more than 128 gigabytes today for videos and photos and things like that, or 256 even.
1: Yeah, storage goes really, really quick and especially only be able to buy SSD storage Internally, there's certainly a, a premium that's paid at the factory for that. You know, it's nice to have. I mean, I personally wouldn't put less than, you know, 512 gig, if not one terabyte in at the factory. I mean, that's just a good I mean, You do want to have you know, internal storage for your OS, for applications and things you use you know, that are always going to be there. But beyond that, for even your photo library, use anything, you know, certainly backup, extra storage, you know, being able to do that externally is a huge not just a huge you know money saver, it's a huge time saver. You know, when it's time to buy a new machine, you know, if you put a four terabyte drive inside your, your Mac, it's gonna go with that Mac, and that's all that data has got to be transferred. If you're using uh, some an external Thunderblade, external Envoy. You know, something and that could be still for what you're doing, it's going to give you the same perceived performance. The new, I mean, again, what Apple's doing internally, you know, 7,000 megs a second on these on these SSDs is amazing. It's just not a whole lot of applications use all of that. And with external solutions hitting, you know, three, 4,000 megs a second, no, two, 3,000, I guess I should say, sustained, not just burst, which is some of the uh, internal systems, more of a burst versus a sustained. You know, running your photo library externally is imperceptible versus running it internally. And when you do move to a new system in a few years, you unplug plug that array and plug it into your new system and it's all there. You know, there's conveniences like that that come with the value and you, you get money savings up front, and you get the ability to move to a new system later. And heck, actually one other important thing to me is being able to move that same drive between different systems that you may have right now at the same time and be able to share that data Cutting, you know, move move data very quickly and efficiently you know, to that drive. You need to move between systems. All sorts of good reasons. And well, and and I'll give one more. You know, if your computer with that four terabyte drive fails in two or three years, you know, hopefully it isn't the case. The expense of replacing it is rather substantial because of the SSD. And you're also paying a premium today for a larger SSD. I mean, SSDs, uh, NVMe in general, will continue to come down over time. There's You know, I mean, I can, again, I wasn't prepared. I could probably talk much more eloquently as I kind of outlined the step-by-step, but there's all sorts of benefits by, you know, certainly minimizing internal storage to a reasonable level and having good external storage for both additional needs, you know, real-time needs, and having a budget that goes to your backup. The only thing that I absolutely suggest everybody maximize in these systems where, you know, the memory is soldered, you know, would be the memory. You know, do not skimp on memory. You can't upgrade any of today's Apple silicon machines are all soldered. I mean, it's all silicon on chip. You know, memory placement. You should really get. Certainly, if I I'd, I'd personally recommend, you know, if not sixteen, thirty-two, and then of course, if you can use sixty-four, if you believe long-term, you have applications that benefit from more memory. You got to buy it with the machine, or you have to buy a new machine. Machines that are upgradable still. You know, by all means, you know, we're happy to uh, you'll save a lot there upgrading with OWC, but. Where you can definitely plug and play external storage, it's just going to give you what you want. Don't mess around with memory. In fact, having less memory uh, now than you need or should or, or may need in the future is even an impact to its resale value. The machines that did the best are the machines that have you know, the higher levels of uh, memory, factory, sold- well, or this factory soldered,
0: factory present. Great advice. On the external storage front, you've got some new stuff out there that's, that's pretty terrific. First is the Mercury Elite Pro Mini. Give us a little overview of, uh, of what you're doing here.
1: Because you're giving sure. people
0: lots of options with this.
1: Yeah, we've always maintained options. And it's you know, actually something we have discussion. Why do we have so many drives? And it's really different needs for different people. The, the, the Elite uh, Mini still provides SSD as well as spinning hard drive options. You know, hard drives, you know, certainly as you get used to an SSD, I mean, it's like going back to dial up you know, compared to being on broadband for applications. But for backup and other needs, you know, there's really you know, nothing more cost effective than a physical hard drive. And for even for audio and video editing work, you know, an array of drives in you know, a Thunder Bay or a Thunder Bay agent. I, I don't know why I kind of just diss, a little bit on hard drives. When you combine multiple drives together, you know, today's drives are faster, quieter. And you know, much higher uh, you know, I.O. per second than you know, drives from well, every couple of years. They, there's, big, there's been big leaps in hard drives. So even for high end, these hard drives still have an absolute space where you're just not going to have 96 terabytes of SSD on on most people's budgets. Certainly not my budget. <laughs> so hard drives have absolutely have a place. And the Elite Mini gives you, you know, options for either anybody who's traveling a lot. You know, absolutely recommend you know doing an SSD based solution just from the point of view that you know you can drop an SSD and you know, nothing's really going to happen you know, to it I mean there's no risk of, of, of damage whereas a hard drive would make, even when it's even when it's on dropping SSD is not going to do anything there's no moving parts but a hard drive spinning if it takes a hit you, know, you do run you run some risks there you know fixed in your bag you're pretty safe drives park and they're designed to be rugged. But it's just a safety point, if it's something that's being used on the go an SSD makes a good option. And the Elite Pro Mini gives you some pretty good price points for a variety of different needs.
0: Well, you start out, uh, you can go from zero, putting your own drives in, up to uh, four terabytes. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And the zero gig is a great way if you're migrating from a, an older system, anything uh, you know, 2012 or earlier that's gonna have a, uh, the 2016, 13 is MacBook Pro, you, know, you can pop your drive out of that computer, throw it into the Elite Mini, and connect it to your new Mac.
0: Which you is, talked you talked about before the, the the hubs that you have, and the latest Thunderbolt hub really gives people flexibility that they're not going to get with the machine as it's sold to you. Let's put it that way.
1: The hub, you know, between our Thunderbolts, and we, you know, all of our docks, you know, are kind of you, know, you can pick kind of a dock that's right size for you. Now, if you just need a lot of USB ports, you want the audio and the reader. You know, our Thunderbolt uh, 14 port dock is still, you know, a flagship dock that is in huge demand. You know, if you're somebody who needs, you know, more Thunderbolt ports, you don't need the USBs and the other stuff. You just need more Thunderbolt ports. You know, our Thunderbolt hub is, you know, what re- is the very first you know, solution that lets you connect more Thunderbolts. You plug in the one port, it gives you three. It also gives you three chains to where you can have not just six total devices, you know, plugged into one of your Mac ports. Now you can plug six, actually technically another five devices into each of the three ports. It gives you the chain from, and all those ports are also powered. Maybe you have bus power, Thunderbolt. You know, now you have three ports, you can plug a portable bus power drive into. All sorts of flexibility you can't get from the uh, the main system, really. I mean, for years, and we looked at all sorts of ways to bring something sooner, you know, we had to be able to work with Intel on, you know, with a solution that was, fully supported, fully mandated you know, to bring additional Thunderbolt ports out. Because this is something that has been asked for, for uh, since the very first Mac with Thunderbolt ports. Can we have a hub? Can we have a dock with more ports? And then we have our Thunderbolt 4 11-port uh, dock, which gives you not just some USBs and audio in-out, as well as Ethernet, but also gives you, just like the hub, it gives you, you know, one Thunderbolt in and three Thunderbolt ports out. So you end up with extra Thunderbolt ports through that solution as well. And all these docks I just talked about fully power your laptop as well. So it's you know like it's on my desk, and when I go on the road, my my AC adapter is already in my bag because when I'm home, my laptop's on my desk, plugged into my to my Thunderport, my Thunderbolt dock.
0: Terrific! And uh, while you started out as being a Mac centric, I suppose now you support a, a wide range of machines, right?
1: You know, we've always supported, I mean, it's kind of funny. When we installed our ERP, our first major, I uh, would say, uh, accounting system back in 2000, 2001, you know, it had unfortunately be on the PC. There just was not a, a solution that was Mac. Now, we use Macs. All of our team uses Macs and they use Terminal. So we're using Macs for all the benefits that Mac gives. And then the server in the back room is you know, runs on, on the PC side. But these folks would constantly say, we just don't have stuff like this in the Windows side. And building to uh, you know what what it takes to really build a product right for Apple, typically in, in the majority of cases provides on average a solution that is far better than you know the typically you find on the PC side. Now we've supported these solutions for years on the PC side, but we've become certainly uh, I, I guess more we've recognized more that we have customers that are using both Mac and PC, and some of the things that used to be Mac only like software, you now now we have software Aid for Windows, and the thing about software Aid for Windows that doesn't just give you what you have on the Mac with SoftRAID. You know, it gives you interoperability of your SoftRAID volumes on a Mac. So if you're using one of our uh, Thunder Bay or any of our solutions for a SoftRAID on your Macintosh, and you are going to plug it in on a PC, you know whether it's APFS or HFS Plus for you know this Apple's two you know standard file systems, you can now plug it into a Windows machine with SoftRAID, and those volumes mount, and you can now interact. You can read, write, you know, operate it completely normally, and you can move it back to your Mac and continue to uh, use it as well. So you can, you can even use, bottom line is you can use our products on both platforms and you can, it's much easier now to interchange data between the two. You know, we absolutely you know, manufacture and design first for Apple, but again, at the, maintaining the, uh, like I say, the quality and the design and just the requirements, the provide a solution on the Apple platform you know, really gives us some exceptional, exceptional solutions that you know PC folks also absolutely can benefit and enjoy. And we've got the right support you know, for those workflows as well.
0: And uh, you mentioned design, you've been paying attention to that for a long time, a great design with, with your product line. Tell me before we let you go, the, su- the supply chain, how, how difficult things have been for you?
1: You know, I have to give a lot of thanks uh, you know, and gratitude to, to our logistics team. You know, this year could have been very, very different if we didn't have you know, a great team that was on top of everything. But it's been you know, it, it's been quite a, uh, well, I look forward to things being a little bit easier. I mean, it's the amount of energy and effort that's gone in just to just maintaining you know, baseline supplies this year. You know, we, you know, we, always, we always were ahead of the curve. But we had to become much further ahead of the curve. And what was interesting, we learned early that you know, our manufacturing partners, you know, we bring in a lot of the chipsets that we need. I mean, that's we control those chipsets for a number of different licensing reasons. You know, we use them in multiple products, and it's their long lead time type of thing. so there's there's things that we've always you know managed, but there's other things we got into managing this year because despite you know some of the more complex parts that you know, we find that you know, learning to some manufacturers. I mean, if it didn't need to be built until May. You know, they were still operating on and just basic parts. I mean, little resistors and you know, capacitors, things that, you know, weren't real specialty. You know, they were ordering like, well, just like they did before things got tight and got interesting. And suddenly we'd have a, a penny part holding up, you know, a, well, a much more expensive solution. So over, I mean, the entire supply chain, that, you know, whether it be on the shipping side, dealing with really expensive and far longer uh, delivery times by ocean, substantially increased air and even delays in air. I mean, sometimes today you'll pay for air shipments and it's still three weeks. You're going to pay 5X what it was a year ago and it's still three weeks for delivery. So our team has done a great job adjusting to a lot of interesting and unpredictable events out there. We've taken in, we've had to shift a lot more of the component buying to our own team and we designed the products we know what they take and have gone much further and put a lot more investment out to have components reavailable so that it isn't a, a nickel part, or a dollar part or a five dollar part that holds up a solution. You know, the biggest, the biggest products, most important products that you know are were unfortunately impacted this year were mostly our newer products because we had no uh, you know previous run on them and thus had not you know, built up that had those orders in place really 18 months ago because product, even even things that were ordered, this is the hardest thing. You, know, you place an order today, and you're told there's a 20-week lead time or a 24-week lead time, you know, for a particular component. You know, when that manufacturer, that chipset supplier, comes back, you know, six weeks later, or sometimes you know, 20 weeks later, right before they're supposed to be delivering, it says, "Well, now it's a 52-week lead time." Those are things that are difficult to, uh, unfortunately, accommodate. So once we get into roll, you know, we're in a position where next year will be far better. And the other thing our team was real good at. I mean, where we had to, whether it's spot buys. Going into the market, you know, working—I have to say, good. You know, we have a good partnership with Intel, which was you know, very positive on some of the chipsets dependent on Thunderbolt solutions. No issues with Intel and Thunderbolt chipsets. It's more the, the parts around it. But you know, we're we're really happy that we're delivering Thunderbolt to hubs and docks right now. Just on the basis that you have—I mean, there's a lot of complicated chipsets that interact in those solutions, and it's been pretty crazy logistically bringing all those components together. The amount of energy that has gone into supply chain this year is is beyond anything I would have imagined. And the best part, I have to see the silver lining and the silver lining is as things do improve. And I do believe by, certainly by this time next year, hopefully by summer next year, there'll be substantial improvements in how things are flowing with what we've learned and what we've been able to do in the rather more complex circumstances should allow us to be more efficient and agile when it goes to normal times. But it's... If you know, this was five years ago and this had happened, you know, in, in terms of how we were able to operate then from a complex element, I mean, who we affect the outsource of logistics to back at that point in time, it would have been very, very different. Say the and, least I, so. and I
0: imagine COVID has been kind of a double-edged sword for you too, because so many people needing machines upgraded and, and uh, more storage in a, in a home office, as well as, you know, still having uh, some office environments. COVID, I, I guess sales sales have been good that way, but I don't know how it's been for your workforce.
1: <laughs> yeah, COVID. You know, we. I mean, COVID drove you know us to do a, for the first time a big work from home uh, contingent. We you know we been we dabbled with work from home, but it was literally within two weeks time we went to being roughly seventy percent work from home from being about five percent work from home at any given point, and by and large it, it's worked out real well. We were ready for it. I mean. Thankfully, all the equipment literally was take it home, plug it in, and you know we'll activate the VPN, and now your your phones and your, your technology works remote. But it it certainly was an adjustment, and the you know, the other aspect is you know, less so on on our side. But you know, in addition to everything else going on logistically, you know every other month there's a delay because there's been a COVID outbreak, you know, in this area, so this factory has to shut down or this chipset suppliers shut their lines out because there's, they're being quarantined or the government has imposed a shutdown. Now, these are things that, you know, could never imagine that I do, you know. Well, if Omicron is mild like the cold and we can get past, you know, a point where, you know, COVID is a great fear. You know, it's not gonna go away. I don't think vaccines are necessarily, necessarily gonna be the uh, be, be all end all to COVID. And ultimately we just need to get through this phase, get, you know, whether you know, vaccines are making a big difference, certainly, you know, different natural immunity, I think you know, will play, and hopefully this thing evolves into something that you know, will prevent the next uh, you know, every reaction to a new whatever being a lockdown because we're not going to beat it that way, I don't believe. But it's certain, how are we going however we beat it, however we get past it, I look forward to being past it because it's been it's, it's, it's a scary thing you know, for a lot of people and rightfully so, and it's certainly impactful in many, many ways. And the things that, you know, we deal with are, I mean, they're technology. I mean, it's an inconvenience if you can't get a doc. It's not, it's certainly not necessarily going to, it might ruin your day, but not, not to the degree of a supply chain breakdown in, you know, food or medicine or other essential goods. And, you know, that'd be my, that's my biggest concern, you know, how close we are with supply chain to the, the essentials that we need, as opposed to, you know, these, well, I won't call them necessarily non-essentials, but it's certainly less essentials.
0: Terrific, Larry. So for more info on the, on the products, the best place is owcdigital.com?
1: Uh, you can go to owc.com. You know, we this is our new website that, that kind of gives you a directory today. In another few weeks, it's going to be, you know, substantially uh, enhanced. But you can go to maxsales.com, odbc.com, or certainly odbcdigital.com has got information. But I start at odbc.com has got an overview of the different different units, different different things we're involved with, and it's you know, it's pretty. I think it's pretty enlightening. That you wherever know, you go, again, we appreciate you, you know, using our solutions. You know, you know, we have lots of good channel partners. You know, us direct anywhere. Thank you for using our product, and you know, we know why we're here, and we you know, look forward to continue you know, being here for you.
0: Well, congratulations on the innovations, Larry O'Connor, thanks for taking the time with us.
1: Always a pleasure, Fred. Thank you. Thank you for your time here as well.
2: Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textination.com.